You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Melody Spencer, and I'm so excited to have Julie Morganlinder here today. She is a financial freedom coach, so I'm super excited to hear about all that she does and how she helps people really understand their finances better, which I know we can all use. So welcome, Julie. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, so tell us a little bit more about what you do. Sure. So um, I'm a financial freedom coach. You could also think of it as a budget coach. (laughs) And I work with women and their partners, if they have one, to take control of their money. I'm really all about self-empowerment, especially when it comes to finances. I think that most of us feel like money isn't really under our control. So there's nothing we can do to improve our situations. And that's really not the case for almost everybody. Um, Even if we don't have huge options, usually there are more than we realize. So what I do is I work with women to get out of debt and start building up their savings. And the more their debt is paid off and the more savings they've got, then the more options they have. That's amazing. And I know so many of us need that. So can you speak a little bit about like a good debt versus bad debt? Because I feel like I hear about that all the time. Yes. And this is where, well, one of the areas where I diverge from popular opinion. Um, I don't believe there is such a thing as good debt. Um, At most, I would say there is neutral debt or acceptable debt um, versus bad debt. So Usually when you hear the terms good debt and bad debt, when people say good debt, they mean a few things. Um, They mean debt that will help improve their credit score, which is a myth. Um, Or they might mean debt that allows them to then invest their money elsewhere, which is unlikely to happen. Um, Or they might mean a mortgage because they feel they have no choice, so they better call it good debt to justify it. So instead... Um, I think there's one type of what I will call acceptable debt, and then there's everything else. Hmm. So the vast majority of debt I think of as bad debt and something to get rid of because the interest payments are going to just destroy your financial dreams um, if you can't get them under control. Um, Interest payments, especially on credit cards, can be so high that if you only make minimum payments, you can end up paying double what you thought you were paying. So you might buy a laptop for $1,000 and end up spending $2,000 with the interest payments. I think anybody would call that bad. <laughs> That's just not a good yeah. deal, right? Yeah. Okay. So then we have our what I might consider acceptable debt, which to me is only a mortgage on a primary home and a student loan. Hmm. Um, the reason I don't think that you need any other type of debt, you don't need any debt, really, Um, You can have a great score with no debt, great credit score. Um, I have no debt. I have not had any debt, and my credit score is great. 
I was talking to a client the other day who's been out of debt for years, and she said her credit score is over 800 right now. Wow. Um, so yeah, you really don't need credit cards to have a good credit score. Um, and that's a mistake a lot of people make. And once you learn that, it just changes everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right? And then the other thing is, I think a lot of us feel um, like we need to have some debt so that we can afford more and maybe put the money towards something else. So, you know, you go to the store, you buy a refrigerator, $4,000. I'm going to keep using round numbers mm-hmm. just because it makes things simpler. You buy a fridge for 1000 bucks, and they say, hey, We'll give you a 0% interest loan. You think, hey, this is great. No interest. I can take the money I would have spent on the fridge and invest it and make money. Mathematically, that's true. Mm-hmm. But that's not how humans work. That's not really how our psychology. Most people say that, but they never actually invest the money. So then it's not helpful. And instead, you now have to make a monthly payment on that fridge. And if you have... I don't know, your water heater break, or you get laid off, or you get sick, it means you have less money in your budget to take care of those things, because you're mm-hmm. making these monthly payments. Whereas if you'd saved up for the fridge and paid for it in cash, then you wouldn't have that monthly expense. Hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Excellent. So then the, the acceptable debt, which might be a mortgage or a school loan, I think those are okay as long as you do them within reason. You know, if the bank says you can afford a $400,000 house, it doesn't mean you have to buy a $400,000 house. Maybe you buy a house that's only $250,000. You know, you don't want to max things out just because you can. Um, And school loans should only be taken on when you have an understanding of how long it's going to take to pay them off, what you're going to gain from them, make sure you're getting a degree that you plan to use, you know, that kind of thing, just to make sure that, you know, you will be paying these things off at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, it seems like most people don't understand those principles, or at least our society doesn't really, uh, because they want to make money. (laughs) They don't really talk about that, because pretty much everybody I know has student loan debts and it's just kind of accepted that unless you're pretty wealthy, you're going to have to take out a loan. And all these, I call them kids. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not young anymore. So (laughs) the kids have so many, um, so much debt now coming out of school, like way more than I had even 12 years ago, you know, it's just so sad because it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and there's not enough jobs for everybody. And it's just, you know, yeah. Well, let me talk about both sides of that. Um, There's the side of the people who are already out of school and have the debt already. And then they're the ones who haven't gone into it yet. So for the ones who haven't gone into it, I really encourage people. And a few of my friends, kids are doing this now um, where they are either going to community college for a couple of years and then transferring to a four-year school. So they're building up credits at a less expensive school. Mm -hmm. Um, They take AP classes in high school. There are more scholarships out there than most people realize. And applying for scholarships is huge because unlike financial aid, well, I guess financial aid can help too, but unlike loans, you don't have to pay scholarships back. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the other thing is taking a couple years off to work, which has the advantage that you earn money, but also that you go into school with a better sense of what you want to do. And working makes you more eligible for certain things, like your employer might cover your education. Um, I know people who work at universities 
only so that the universities will cover most of their education. Yeah. Um, and it can make a huge difference doing those kinds of things, the slightly less traditional route, because I know what you mean. I'm only in my 30s. I went to my state school and it's already double the cost of when I went there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me it's too. incredible. What are you supposed to do about that? And so you come out of school saddled with debt, feeling like you got bulldozed before you ever had a chance to get your feet under you. So for those folks, um, you know, there are some things that you can do. The first thing is to get out from under the debt as soon as possible. So first thing, make sure you don't have any debt at all. So beyond the school loans. So don't have a car loan, don't have credit card debt. If you have them, get them paid off as soon as possible. That way you can focus on the school loans. And then you can start making bigger than minimum payments because you can make minimum payments for 30 years and it has a really big psychological impact. But if you can make extra payments and even a hundred bucks a month can make a big difference, um, it really can speed up how quickly you get out from under it. Um, I will just offer the one tip to make sure that you, before you pay extra for any debt of any sort to, for any purpose, always make sure to call up the, the debt holder, whoever you're paying, and make sure that your money is going towards principal, not interest. So if you have a credit card bill, for example, um, and it could be a few thousand dollars and you're going to have to pay $50 interest. If you pay an extra $50 this month, you want to make sure it doesn't just cut out next month's interest. You want it to cut the original bill down by $50. Hmm. That's how you're going to save money and get out from under it. Um, some of these places do that automatically, but not all of them. So it's so important that everyone is proactive to make sure of that themselves. Ah, that's a really great tip. So we're both in the coaching world and, you know, I have taken on some coaching debt before hiring mentors and coaches. Do you feel like that's a good investment? Because usually I make my money back in the end, or do you feel like that's still not a good uh, strategy for people? So, you know, it's interesting because as a coach, usually you're working on your own or maybe you hire somebody to help you, but it's more or less a solo business at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to mix in your business and personal. But what you're really talking about is making decisions around business expenses, which is so different than a personal expense. So the business version is should you hire a coach and the personal version might be, should you hire a life coach or, mm -hmm. you know, who might help you, but probably you're not going to make money off of this or should you hire a piano teacher mm -hmm. um, or some other type of teacher? Because that's what a coach is basically as a teacher. Yeah. So, you know, I think on a personal level, I'm a big fan of, you know, don't take on debt for those things, save up first and budget mm -hmm. for it. Um, on a business level, it can be a little different, and it depends on your business and your business plan. Um, but I would say not to go into it. If you do take on the debt, make sure you have a plan for how you're going to pay it off, how quickly. Um, so, for example, if you hire a coach to help you, I don't know, get more clients, how many clients do you need to take on in order to pay that off within whatever time frame works for you? Let's say mm -hmm. eight months. And will your coach help you achieve that goal? And that's very similar to a lot of the way we do personal expenses or should do personal expenses, <laughs> I should say, right, is to make that plan. And, you know, that touches on something I, I forgot to mention earlier, which is we don't learn this in school. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I didn't learn it at all. I mean, the first time I ever wrote a check, I signed the memo line. It was so embarrassing <laughs> because I didn't know. And I know a lot of people say, well, you know, we should learn it from our parents. And that's great. But a lot of us have parents who don't know this stuff. A lot of us, <clears throat> like me, are stubborn teenagers who refuse to listen to their parents because, you know, they're parents. <laughs> uh, that was totally me as a teenager. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's, not, it's not a great idea because I've had parents hire me to work with their adult children because they don't know how to answer these questions. And so they say, can you help my 25-year-old daughter? Because I don't know the answers. And I think that's great that they're willing to ask for help. Mm -hmm. But assuming that parents can teach this stuff is a big mistake. Um, so this is, I try and teach everything in the way you should be learning it, as if you were in school. Um, not in a classroom way, but more in a, let's boil it down to basics. Simple. You don't need fancy terminology. You don't need fancy concepts. You don't need a lot of math. You know, we have calculators these days. I know a lot of people say, I can't do, I can't do money. I'm bad at math. You don't need math, to be honest. Um, finances are really more about emotions than about math. Mm -hmm. It's about the guilt and the fear and the frustration and the anger. That's what stops people, not the math. Because, you know, I offer a ton of free calculators on my website, and I know a lot of other bloggers do too. Um, and you just plug in the numbers, so you really don't need the math. Mm -hmm. um, what you need is someone to just teach you the concepts, like you said, and walk you through it so that you're making a plan and not just heading into this stuff, assuming it'll work out in the end. I, that's where I see a lot of problems. Do you see a lot of problems with like money blocks? Do you deal with that at all? Like the whole mindset around money? When you say a money block, you mean like a mental block? Yeah, like a mental block. Like you're like, you're saying like, I'm bad at money or I'm bad with money or like, that's definitely like a money block or like, oh, I, ever, I always think I'm going to get money and then money slips through my hands, like that kind of thing. Like, having yeah. a mental block about money? You know, I see the problem a lot um, in a couple of different ways. I think one is, you know, when we're so negative about something, we, it, it, it just, it almost makes it happen, you know? So when you're always saying, I, I'm bad at money and I can't handle money, it, it sort of encourages you, it gives you permission to continue continue your bad money habits because you've identified yourself as someone who's going to fail anyway. So you might as well just fail. The other block though I see, which is similar is when you're always saying I'm bad at money, I can't do this. Then you become scared to try. And there are so many great small steps that anybody can take to fix their money problems. But when you look at the big picture, it's scary um, it's funny, I actually did an interview in my Facebook group the other day with a friend and client of mine who had, um, well, she said in the interview, $30,000 of debt, I don't remember the exact number, um, a credit card debt and a car loan, never mind her mortgage, which was a whole other story. Hmm. And she always looked at it and just felt like she couldn't even touch it. And what I helped her to do was take small steps and she did pay it all off very much faster than she would have thought. And she hasn't had any debt since then, um, except now she just bought a house, but even the mortgage, they're, they're planning to pay it off very early. So, you know, she was saying, when I asked her for advice for the listeners, the one thing she kept repeating was take a baby step. And that's what I'll say to your listeners is forget about the big picture, forget about paying off thousands of dollars in debt, forget about saving up 
for, you know, the big round the world trip you want to take someday and start small. Start with paying an extra $50 towards your debt. If you want to travel the world, start by opening a bank account for that purpose. That's your number one step is open a bank account just for that. That's your baby step. The next baby step might be to put in $10 a week into that account, you know, but keep it small because the, that's how you get past those mental blocks is not trying to do it all at once because we can't do it all at once. Yeah, that's so great. So do you have any sort of routine that helps you stay on top of your money and kind of keeps you in financial check, I guess? That's a great question. You know, no one's ever asked me that. People ask me <laughs> if I follow my own advice, which I do. No one's asked about my routine. Um, let's see, my routine. You know, I think at this point, it's so ingrained. I don't give it a lot of thought. Um, at the beginning, it's sort of like anything, right? When you're a kid, you have to think about how to brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, you get ready for bed and realize, oh, I guess I already brushed my teeth. I, I didn't really notice. And you just do it on autopilot. Mm-hmm. So that's how I do my most of my money stuff. Um, I don't worry too much day to day about, am I spending too much on groceries? Because I have such an innate sense of what I should be spending, um, what I need to be earning. What I do is I, I encourage people to go through their money, um, their finances every day at the beginning, and then every few days, and then once a week. And it slowly spreads out. I only do mine once a month. And ultimately, I think anybody can do that. And so actually this afternoon, I'm going to do mine. Um, and I'm going to just sit down. I'm going to enter every expense and every earning from every bit of not just earning, but other income. So it was my birthday last week. I got a couple of checks for my birthday. All of it goes into my tracking system. Every penny of every expense, every bit of income, it goes in there, no matter what it is. And then I just go through once it's all entered and look at how things add up. How much did I spend on groceries or gas or whatever the thing is? Mm -hmm. And because I don't earn a steady paycheck, let me look at my earnings also. And I just see, am I on track? And if I'm not on track, I can make an adjustment, but that's very rare. For me, I tend to be on track. And so, um, and once you get the hang of this stuff, generally you stay on track unless there's something big. Um, My bed is getting old. I'll need a new bed soon. So I might say, okay, do I have money set aside for this? Do I need Mm -hmm. to save up for it? But generally all I do is that monthly review. And then once a year I sit down and really look at the big picture and review my last year's spending and income and consider how that might change in the coming year. Will my rent be going up this year? That kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's really good advice. So what are some small steps that um, the listeners can take now to start getting out of debt and getting, you know, a holistic view of their finances? Well, I'd say the first thing is to accept that, you need to do it. And Mm -hmm. I know that sounds obvious in some ways, but when I say accept that you need to do it, I mean really accept it and decide this is the time you are going to do this. Um, Because saying someday just means it's never really going to happen. And life usually doesn't get simpler as you get older. Then you're more likely to have a house or a significant other or kids or even pets that can be expensive and rely on you. So do it now. Don't wait. And as you get started, 
you know, we have this culture. You mentioned earlier, Melody, that we have certain t- uh, societal expectations. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. We don't talk about money in our culture. And it's considered taboo. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to ask how much somebody earns or how much they paid for a house or even maybe for a purse, right? Mm-hmm. And so how are we supposed to learn from each other if we won't talk about it? So the next step I say is talk about it. Um, and if you don't have someone in your life you can talk to about this, there are a lot of Facebook groups, uh, closed groups. There are blogs. There are forums. There are all sorts of venues. Um, find somebody um, that you can talk to and share ideas with because um, you need that support and you need to explore all of your options in a way that's hard to do alone. And once you've accepted you need to do this, and you're ready to talk to people, and you want to take concrete steps, I'd say the first thing is to grab a a piece of paper or an Excel spreadsheet and make a list. (laughs) And this is quick and easy, but it's also scary. And I said that finances are more about emotions than math. So accept the fear and just do this. It doesn't take long. You're going to write down every savings account, checking account, retirement account, Um, every place where you have money, you're going to write them all down and look up, go online, look up your balance for each one and write down the amount. Then you're going to do the same thing for all of your debts, car loans, credit cards, medical loans, uh, zero interest appliance loans, whatever the thing is. um, If you're making a monthly payment for something you don't own, it's a debt. Most of us are in debt on our phones. We pay $20 a month to the cell phone company for our phones. Mm-hmm. We don't really, we don't own them outright. Um, so really think about where in your life you have debt. It's usually easiest to look at your most recent credit card de- and debit card bills and your bank statements and just see what's being pulled out. And that'll tell you, write down all your debts and look up every balance and write that down. And to add up your what you got and add up what you owe and see what those totals are. And it can be scary, but it is such an important first step and it's really eye-opening for most people. Mm. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. Well, if anybody wants to get in touch with you and learn how they can work with you to get their finances all in order, where can they find out more info about you? Well, um, my business is Nest Egg Chick. So you can go to nesteggchick.com or on Facebook, you can do a search for nesteggchick, facebook.com slash groups slash nesteggchick. We'll do it also. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. It's been wonderful to chat with you. And I feel like I've learned so much and I'm sure everybody else has. Thank you so much. And I just want to say before I go, um, For everyone listening to, please remember you can do this. Even though it's hard, you can totally do it. I have faith in you. Yeah, I do too. You guys can do it. Yeah, it's (laughs) going to be amazing. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And until next time, bye. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.